This is District Sentinel Radio, a special edition. I'm Sam Knight. It is December 22nd, 2022. The days are only getting longer for the next six months in this year, Northern Hemisphere. And this is our last show for the year. Happy holidays and a happy and healthy 2023. Today's show comes to you courtesy of a FOIA Folly segment from more than two years ago. It's about records we obtained on a coronavirus assistance program that was run by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. So without further ado, let's dive in. This is the secretive plan to privatize pandemic relief. In the early months of the coronavirus pandemic, a makeshift trade organization quietly advocated for the government to cede control of a hunger relief program to the organization's corporate members. The so-called Feeding U.S. Families Coalition, which included Accenture, Marriott, UPS, Aramark, DHL, Nestle, Kellogg's, and the National Restaurant Association, which is a major service industry lobbying group, urged the U.S. Department of Agriculture to use a public-private partnership model to run a program that fed needy families while also helping troubled farmers during the first year of the pandemic. The suggestion came in the form of a policy paper, a so-called white paper, which was revealed by email records obtained through a request made under the Freedom of Information Act. The efforts were not included in lobbying disclosures made by any of the companies involved, But specialists in government ethics law said that the firms did nothing wrong by failing to publicly acknowledge their outreach. Public-private partnerships have been used by investors and right-leaning politicians to try to privatize as many government services as politically and economically possible. They are billed as efficient for taxpayers, but so-called PPPs often end up leading to inferior public services while lining the pockets of corporate executives and shareholders. Research has linked the increasing prevalence of the PPP model to growth in the consulting and finance industries, which ballooned in recent decades as policymakers prioritized tax cuts for the rich over public investment. Accenture, a leading consulting firm, spearheaded the creation of the Feeding U.S. Families Coalition, The company's logo adorns every page of the coalition white paper, and its federal contracting arm, Accenture Federal Services, chaired the efforts to discuss the policy ideas with USDA. The company also reached out to congressional staffers who work on agricultural issues, according to a representative for Accenture. The assistance program in question, the Farmers to Families Food Box program, was launched by the Trump administration in 2020 to address the increase in food insecurity and the sudden perishable food supply glut that was caused by social distancing measures, which abated the spread of COVID-19. Farmers across the country are destroying millions of pounds of fresh produce as the coronavirus has majorly disrupted the food supply chain. The need for Washington's potato crop is down with restaurants being closed or offering limited menus. Local dairy farms say restaurant closures have led to a surplus of milk and no way to process it before it goes bad. 
The Feeding U.S. Families Coalition attempts to shape the program that alleviated some of this suffering ultimately failed. And the Biden administration canceled Farmers to Families in April 2021, citing high costs and delivery problems. But efforts to shape Farmers to Families are still noteworthy. The records released by USDA detail large corporations quietly and legally attempting to influence the administration of public relief programs in ways that would benefit their shareholders. The need for emergency government assistance is only expected to rise in the coming decades with the effects of climate change likely to intensify. It's unlikely that feeding U.S. families will be the last ad hoc corporate coalition that attempts to engage federal agencies in hushed academic policy discussions that just so happen to positively impact their revenue streams. When asked about the nature of the Feeding Families Coalition, Accenture denied that the group was involved in lobbying. No lobbying was conducted, a company representative said. It was never Accenture Federal Service's intent to bid on any associated work. Since AFS is not in the food box business, AFS received no business as a result of the report. The report itself, however, urged USDA to use an app developed in part by Accenture. When asked how the recommendation and potential licensing fees squared with the lobbying denial, the firm again said that it had no profit motive. No, we shared that as an example, the Accenture representative said. Accenture. High performance delivered. The company's denial might be questionable given the nature of its business and the nature of public-private partnerships. But there is no question of any legal wrongdoing on the part of the coalition's members for failing to note their outreach and lobbying disclosures. Experts who specialize in government ethics said that the company was well within its rights to keep its advocacy work quiet because it was branded as educational. Aaron Sherb, Senior Director of Legislative Affairs for the nonprofit watchdog Common Cause, said of the coalition white paper, quote, Plenty of corporations and trade associations have figured out how to exploit the weaknesses of the Lobbying Disclosure Act, and this seems to be yet another example of why we need to close the loopholes and strengthen lobbying and ethics provisions. And Craig Holman, Public Citizen's Capitol Hill lobbyist on ethics, lobbying, and campaign finance rules, said, quote, The corporate white paper on policy recommendations is a commonplace evasion of the lobbying disclosure laws. Holman noted that the Lobbying Disclosure Act was written to ensure that academic organizations that publish reports for the general public on issues of public concern would not be subject to disclosure requirements, and that some corporations have exploited this caveat in the law. Holman said, Very rarely is a corporate white paper designed or written for the general public. They are almost always written, as in this case, specifically to influence public officials. End of quote. At one point, the Feeding U.S. Families Coalition did have its paper available for the general public, but only for those executing a Google search with the obscure organization's name. The policy paper circulated by the group was hosted on the website pepsicopartnership.com.
PepsiCoPartnership.com took down the paper after Accenture was asked about the publication. The company representative who spoke to us said, quote, AFS does not manage the site. It is not clear how or why it was posted here. But there can be no question about the nature of the report. Whatever Accenture says about lobbying, the document outlines 10 recommendations, many of which make the case for contracting out program work to coalition partners. Quote, this coalition has the capability to source, process, a box, and distribute food and food products widely in partnership with USDA to serve the growing need across America. We jointly believe that a public-private partnership model enables a more robust, scalable, and targeted approach, the paper stated. Details about which company would do what are listed in the various recommendations. One bullet point called for the agency to rely on logistics and food processing companies. Another called for USDA to use shipping companies to deliver food. While a third recommendation urged the agency to, quote, fund the production of more shelf-stable foods and restore the supply of products like canned beans, tomatoes, mashed potato flakes, and pasta to food banks. Shipping companies in the coalition included UPS and DHL. Another coalition member, Kellogg's, has food processing capabilities. And another member, Aramark, services food processors. Another set of recommendations called for USDA to employ supply chain optimization and various data analysis techniques, including visualization, both of which Accenture touts to potential clients on its website. The data analysis recommendation included the aforementioned Accenture developed app, which could help food banks find surplus food to, di to distribute to families, the coalition said, though it conceded that multiple apps and websites already exist which do this. The redundancy speaks to a major criticism of public-private partnerships. They fail to live up to their billing as efficient. A common rationale for PPPs, according to their advocates, is that they transfer liability from the public sector to private investors in exchange for profit, which is termed a risk premium. But the risk assumed by the private sector only exists on paper. Research published in December 2019 found that contractors often threaten litigation after winning bids to force governments to take on more costs, and that politicians will often acquiesce to these threats because their own career is tied to the success of the initiative. Kevin DeGood, Director of Infrastructure Policy at the Center for American Progress, which put out the report, said, quote, a deal that initially promises seamless risk transference and good value for money can become a financial albatross, end of quote. Bolstering the argument, another study on PPPs published in 2010, which included a case study of Portugal from a master's of finance thesis, found that the country's use of public-private partnerships did not add value for money to the private sector. Joaquim Miranda Charmento, the author's study, said, quote, if traditional procurement had been used, it would have been far less expensive, even given the public sector's tendency to be less efficient. Nevertheless, the arrangement has been widespread because neoliberal fiscal policies have starved public administrators of funding over the last few decades. 
Here's an explanation from British academic David Hall, formerly of the University of Greenwich. Now, the explanation is somewhat Eurocentric, but EU-style fiscal constraints? Well, they apply to local and state governments here in the United States. The era of sort of Thatcherism, when neoliberal ideas started, was when uh, the um, the policies started developing that identified public sector and government spending and government borrowing as the problem, and when limiting government debt, limiting government borrowing became the single in most cases, the only thing that mattered about economic policy. So absolutely obsessed with keeping down debt and deficit levels. Um, in Europe, um, membership of the EU is conditional, in effect, on keeping your deficit below a certain level and your debt below a certain level. So uh, the IMF goes around the world telling countries, doesn't matter what else you do, but you must keep your public sector borrowing down. So, uh, so PPPs arrive at the same time as this obsession with government deficit and debt. Um, and why do they do that? Well, because not because they're a way of reducing government spending or, in reality, government borrowing, but they're a way of concealing it. Uh, because you say to the private company, you go away and borrow the money from the bank, and then it doesn't look like we're doing it. We'll then give you a long 25-year uh, contract to um, operate the building, maintain the premises, and repay your loan. And then that's not us borrowing the money, that's us paying you for doing a job for us. So uh, as far as the uh, balance sheet is concerned, that's not public debt, it's private debt. It's not public borrowing, it's private borrowing. Okay? Um, and so it literally is a bit of creative accounting, fiddling the books, taking it off balance sheet, as they say. So... Public officials are using private financing that hides the true cost of whatever project is being undertaken, be it highway building, IT infrastructure, or a food assistance program. And unsurprisingly, white-collar industries have gleefully taken advantage. One study on privatization published in July 2012 by People for the American Way cited an unnamed corporate executive giddy at the thought of a major recession while addressing a body called the National Council for Public-Private Partnerships. Desperate government is our best customer, the executive said. There will be a lot of desperate governments out there. The remarks were made at an annual meeting in 2008 as the global financial crisis sent the economy into a tailspin. Records of the statement in the Cleveland Plain Dealer only identify the speaker as, quote, chairman of a major finance company specializing in infrastructure privatization. The finance industry has been joined in pushing for PPPs by the consulting industry. According to research published in 2009 by Lee Cocorinos for the Center on Policy Initiatives, quote, consultants now often have better access, deeper institutional knowledge, and due to the high rate of turnover among public sector personnel, longer tenure, end of quote. Cocorinos noted that on an annual basis, infrastructure privatization investment funds spend hundreds of billions of dollars, and that various government entities in the United States spend dozens of billions on consultants. Accenture featured prominently in Cocorinos' paper. Quote, 
In August 2008, David A. Wilson, Accenture's Managing Director of State and Local Government Finance and Administration Industry Practice, made a presentation on using economic downturn as a catalyst for administrative transformation. Cocorinos' study also cited Accenture's Managing Director of Public Service North America at the time, Steve Shane, saying that consultants should aspire for, quote, successful commercial public sector integration. In the case of the Feeding U.S. Families Coalition, Accenture failed at its attempts to foster commercial public sector integration. Perhaps they would have had a greater chance at success if they used a more personal touch in their approach. Records on Farmers to Families released by USDA also show a successful attempt to shape the program, albeit with much more modest ambitions, and it relied on a lobbyist who is well-connected to the Department of Agriculture during the Trump administration, former United States Senator Saxby Shambliss, Republican from Georgia. Shambliss was longtime friends with then-Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue, having become acquainted with the former Georgia governor during the 2002 election campaign, which saw each man elected to statewide office. Shambliss spoke on Purdue's behalf in front of the Senate Agriculture Committee before Purdue's confirmation hearing. One of Sonny's most significant initiatives was the customer service focus to see, treat citizens of our state as customers. In an email sent on June 1st, 2020 to Purdue's Chief of Staff, Joby Young, Shambliss said, quote, We have a client, Native Maine, that applied to participate in the above program and were turned down. Company in question is a produce wholesaler based in Maine, the New England state. They feel they are a natural fit for the program and want to find a way to make sure they get in the next round, Shambliss continued. Can you please direct me to the right person to contact about their application? The email was sent at 8.09 a.m. Young replied to Shambliss later in the morning, plugging the former senator into the proper channel. Three weeks later, the Maine congressional delegation announced that Shambliss's client received a $1.35 million contract to distribute produce under Farmers to Families. Now, people in Maine who work in hunger relief told us that Native Maine performed its duties well, but the episode is still noteworthy because it shows the benefit of having personal contacts in Washington, and also because Shambliss did not mention the contract in Lobbying Disclosure Act filings. Neither he nor his employer, the law firm DLA Piper, nor Native Maine responded to questions about the contract and whether the amount Shambliss was paid by the company fell below disclosure requirement thresholds under federal law. There's a famous saying that if you want a friend in Washington, get a dog. Just know that people who want favors will definitely hit up your dog to get to you. Uh, we found these dog parks, uh, and uh, you know they, they love getting around and smelling the new smells of the big city, so we're, we're enjoying it. You, you have found the dog parks. You were recently photographed with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Here you are at a dog park. Is this what life is like in D.C.? Two power play players out making deals at the dog park. Dogs do well in focus groups. For District Sentinel Radio in Washington, I am Sam Knight. <laughs>